And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. There's been one demand, and that's holding up that Lombardi trophy, period. That's all I care about, is holding that trophy up and holding that trophy up here. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a live room edition of State of the Nation podcast. Jimmy Durkin here. We've got Vic Tafer and Deshaun Reed as well. Ted, kind of sticking to his brand, will be joining us in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is, is, is it not his brand yet? It is. It is. Yeah, it's got, all good. Got, got a little music playing in the background. I don't know if anybody can hear this. A nice, nice build-up going here. Uh, uh, oh, Ted's here. Vic, would it help? Vic? Would it help if it's a duet? Because we have the uh, the original singer in the in this chat room. What's in that? The live room. Would it and help if make... it was a duet? We no, I don't want to duet. I'm, I'm, I'll do duets. I'll do. I'll do the end of the show. At the end of the show. Yeah, we got to make sure Aaron right. doesn't uh, copyright strike us. You know, so tell your peoples, <laughs> tell your peoples, not, don't come to state of the nation. We don't need no problems. Uh, very good. Well, we're all getting ready for the Raiders and the Rams. I mean, and it's a few weeks ago, we, it was looking like this team was going to be kind of playing out the string, but now they're they're going for their fourth win in a row um, against the Rams team that you know had no semblance to the defending Super Bowl champions that they are. Um, I mean, the Raiders. What I think, uh, I think last I checked, six point underdogs. I mean, I mean, excuse me, six point favorites. You know, obviously technically road game, but uh, should have a, a great Raider pro Raider crowd there on Thursday night. And uh, I mean, the Raiders, you know, they they have this kind of little opportunity here to uh, to potentially go on a run and, and and keep this going. Yeah, I mean, they're only two losses back of the seventeen at AFC right now. The Jets I wrote about it earlier this week, and I mean, you look at the rest of their schedule. Um, you know, it's, it's really pretty light. I mean, they're the Patriots and they've been so, so we'll see what the 49ers look like. Um, now that Jimmy G's done for the year, the Steelers have been mostly bad this year. And then, you know, who knows what the chiefs in, in the last week, if they'll have anything left to play for, you know, they're in the mix for the one seed, so they probably will, but, um, you know, there's, there's definitely a pathway. I mean, you know, there's no guarantees, even if they went out, they, they still need some other teams to lose a couple of games here, but, uh, I think the biggest thing, you know, regardless of if they make the playoffs or not, is that they've recovered from that terrible start and given themselves something to play for. And this gives them the opportunity to have, you know, some semblance of progress, uh, you know, from this new regime and social growth and kind of uh, give themselves some some reason for optimism going into next season. So 
Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it comes down to stretch the rest of the way. But I think, you know, just the showing that they responded to how things were after that Colts loss with Derek Carr crying and all the questions about, you know, McDaniel's job security. Like, you know, they, they, they've already come a long way this season. Yeah, to me, there's a clear-cut formula now to win. Obviously, they got Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs on, on offense, and so far, defenses can't stop those guys. So make sure those guys get a chance to take over these games. And on defense, you get the pass rush now with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. You got a pretty decent run defense, and the secondary's not been too bad. Definitely uh, held up there under the bargain the last few weeks. So uh, there's a formula now, which should have been the formula all along, but now it just took time to get it going, and uh, they have confidence. So I think there's a there's no reason why they can't keep winning games. Eric G, what's going on? Hey, guys. i just hoping we're all sailing to uh, a wonderful conclusion to this Raider season here, right? Oh, Aaron, Aaron's on, too. Oh, there we go. Now, now, Can you hear me? Hey, now Eric. we got you, Aaron. Wow. Aaron, we'll get to you in a minute. We'll start with Aaron, though. Well, 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 Vic. <laughs> well, well, well. Here we are. Here we what are, small, my brother. What a small world. I, I'm... I, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the the thanks for the intro, fellas. No copyright uh, problems here. You have my word. And funny enough, Eric, as you guys know, is my lawyer, so he'd be the one who'd be in charge of that. We're, oh. we're huge fans. Um, I can't believe this is happening, which means that football matters for us this time of year after Thanksgiving. So that's the most you know the biggest thing I'm happy about. But um, I guess I'll ask a legitimate question instead of just bragging about my predictions <laughs> um, anymore because the, you know, the proof is in the pudding of the, the beautiful song we're going to hear later uh, or beautiful voice. I should say, I won't claim the song is beautiful, but. Um, it didn't we have a rule about 45 seconds. We cut guys off. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This is different. This is different. <laughs> I'm the architect of the song you're going to sing. But anyways. Okay. My, my question uh, is. Do you guys have any clarification on who Carr was specifically calling out? Is it was it Darren Waller? Is that a fake rumor? Is that fake news? What's going on with that? Yes, yeah, so I, I think it's, it was more so about um, you know in, in terms of how locked in the some some in the locker room where it wasn't. I don't think it was one person that caused Derek Carr to have that that reaction on stage. It was more of a collective feeling that he got from the locker room. Not everybody was bought in whether that's from the coaching staff or the system or, uh, you know, how the season was going at that point. And so um, I know a lot of people have tried to make it about Waller um, or injuries and things of that nature, but it wasn't anything like that. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, at this point, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the team has responded, obviously. Like, I, I think we can see that they, they haven't given up. They're still giving um, full effort out there. Um, and so I think it's a non-issue at this point, like, like, you know, like Carr said, it needed to be addressed and not just him, but the rest of the team captains and leaders spoke on it when it happened and um, have, have kind of kept the team team on track and, and kept the locker room from falling apart. And that's a big reason why they're on this winning streak, winning streak now. Uh, could I ask one more question? <laughs> I'm a little concerned about um, Waller or Renfro. Uh, the great players l- love them, and I know we're stronger with them. But do any of you see um, – it possibly backfiring, you know, if, if they were to play on Thursday night because they wouldn't be in sync and maybe out of rhythm, et cetera, et cetera. Well, them playing Thursday seems to pretty much not be a thing. I mean, they, they didn't designate them for return from injured reserve today, which they would have had to do for them to participate in walkthrough, and they aren't going to 
throw them out there, walk through tomorrow, and then have them play Thursday, coming off that, that long of an absence. And you can throw linebacker Devon Diablo in there as well. He's also eligible to come back off IR this week. Um, and, and so it seems like they're they're targeting next week. I mean, they, they're, they're going to have 10 days in between this Rams game and the Patriots game. And next week they'll have a chance to go through three, four practices um, in theory before getting back out there. And so I, I think, you know, we're, we're more so looking towards the next couple of weeks for that group of guys to – get back on the field and be able to contribute. Um, and you can just look at how they handled Nate Hobbs, for example. Um, you know, he they wanted him to be able to practice. He got sick, so he couldn't. And so even though his hand was healed, they waited until the next week for him to be able to get out there and practice and get back into it. And so but they've taken a cautionary approach to it, which, which makes sense. Like, even though they have something to play for now, like, you don't want to risk any – they're still not in a situation where you want to risk a long-term injury, especially with, like, what Waller has with the hamstring, um, you know, for, for games that ultimately may not end up mattering. So uh, they're, they're being rather being safe than sorry when it comes to, um, you know, their, their handling of, of injuries. Yeah, I think long-term too, you know, as far as integrating these guys back in offense, I think the offense has played well enough to where you don't have to give these guys major roles right off the bat. You know, I, I even think it'd be better for them as far as um, just staying in sync and, health-wise if you give these guys a pitch count and maybe like a package of plays early on to reintegrate them into the offense you know instead of taking it into a direction that's too far from where they they've been going because it's clearly it's been uh, working great well i appreciate you guys very much and vic thank you for being a man of your word i look forward to it and uh until the next time all right brother. All right. thanks aaron all right, i am uh, I'm back being able to, uh, to hear Tashaun. Uh, that was, that was weird, but, uh, we, uh, we seem to have solved that, but, uh, we'll jump on over now to, uh, to Eric G. We'll get him back on. Hey guys. I, last time on a live room, I came on, I said, Derek Carr is fighting for his, uh, Raider life and, uh, asked you guys to predict what it was going to take to keep him around. I think I heard six wins, seven wins, something like that. But at this point, can you realistically see them moving on from Derek Carr next year? That's my question. The funny thing is uh, Derek Carr has gotten them out of the top 10 range in the draft. So, you know, if you're looking for a top 10 quarterback, uh, Derek Carr has done his thing as far as uh, – Derek Carr has got, done his thing as far as getting them out of that range, uh, which is kind of uh, the port quarterback purgatory thing that you know you you play well enough so that they can't draft a replacement high in a draft um but i I think he's i would still want to see more towards the end of the season before saying you know if if i am josh mcdaniels and uh david ziegler i i think i would still want to see more as far as uh being able to win games and um just carry this offense from car until i could say you know solidly that this is my guy for this um, this time period. Yeah, I mean, three weeks ago, we were talking about Josh McDaniels' job security and Derek Carr's future. Now everyone's printing playoff tickets. So let's wait and see <laughs> how the next four games go, and um, we can have a better idea of what they're looking like at that point. All right, Eric, hey, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for, uh, Thanks, for joining us again. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right, thank All right. you. All right. All right, now we're going to go. Uh, I, I don't want to mispronounce this, so uh, so let me know if I uh, – Angad or Angad, how, how do you, let me know how to pronounce that. Yeah, uh, it's Angad. Angad, okay, cool. Nah, What's going cool, on, Angad? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, uh, 
yeah, by the way, I uh, just wanted to say uh, Vic and Deshaun, uh, following you guys for a long time on Twitter. Uh, I think, you know, we're really lucky as Raider fans to have uh, two, uh, in my opinion, of the better beat writers uh, covering our team. Um, but I guess my question is kind of similar to Eric. Um, I think I saw a tweet today. Uh, we have a 7% chance of making playoffs, and uh, we've kind of played ourselves out of a top 10 pick as well, I feel like. Um, realistically, I mean, what do you think the Raiders do, uh, next season? I mean, I kind of don't, I, I don't know how you can kind of justify running it back. I mean, you've Chandler coming off of a great game, of course, but, uh, you know, like he's definitely underperformed for that contract. And I mean, you're paying your offense so much money for, I mean, what's been, I'm, I, I mean, three game win streak, sure, but it's been a disaster. Um, so realistically, like, what does the team do? Uh, you don't have a good enough draft pick, but you've also like, you're not really playing or, I mean, we might, but realistically we, we probably won't be playing in the playoffs. So what do you, what do you guys kind of see happening? Uh, yeah, I think we, we don't want to, we don't want to rush to say that they're played the way, the way out of a top 10 pick just yet. I mean, like the fifth overall pick has four wins right now, the, uh, the Saints and the Raiders have five wins. So I mean, a couple of losses and they're right back in there with the top 10 pick range. So don't, don't jump the gun too much on that. But like it theoretically, I'm guessing the framework that you have here is if they end up, let's say somewhere in the teens in terms of draft pick range, um, what do they do? And, and I think you have to just go towards building up the defense because I mean, the offense as like rough as the start was, I mean, where they've ended up now, I mean, they're, they're pretty much a top 10 offense to top five offense in most um, metrics that you would care about, points, yards per, per play, EPA, if you look at the advanced statistics. And that's come without Darren Waller basically playing most of the season and Hunter Renfro missing a bunch of games and the offensive line taking a few weeks to figure things out. And so, uh, you know, I, I think the offense isn't really the issue here, um, you know, long term. I, I think it's more so about for once in like Derek Carr's career, building a complete team. Like he hasn't had a a, a defense that's higher ranked than, than 20th in scoring at the end of the season. Like they have so many holes on this side of the ball at all three levels that, you know, if you do end up in a range in the teens where you're not going to get, you know, a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud, I mean, you're, there's no reason to reach on a quarterback. I don't think there's really any other quarterback in this draft who would be worth um, kind of reaching on in that range. And so they'd be better off using the resources that they do have, which is a lot. I mean, they have, you know, about $30 million in cap space projected. They can create some more. They have all their picks plus some extra picks. Like, uh, you don't want to create an issue that's not there, you know. It's kind of what they did, uh, you know, Gruden's lab, going into Gruden's last year, and I don't think they need to make that excuse, uh, that, that mistake again. Yeah, there still is more time to determine what direction you want to go with this because, you know, if, yeah, this offense starts to stink it up and they go in the, in the wrong direction and start picking higher, then, yeah, maybe you have to reconsider drafting a quarterback again. But, like, you know, once they, there's a chance to get Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro back and all of a sudden this offense is, you know, cooking and they're, they're playing elite type of ball, then, you know, of course you want to run her back and, like Deshaun said, build up this defense. Um, so you, you, we'll see. You know, I think this three-game win streak Probably feels good for the team and fans, but uh, there's still games to be played and things to be determined. I mean, the bar definitely has been lowered, I think. I think at the beginning of the season, if we said the Raiders weren't going to make the playoffs, 
and Derek Carr would, would not be back. That's what I felt, at least now. Maybe it's changed because of the injuries, and Mark Davis is saying that Josh did a great job. But um, it is kind of weird. I mean, I've written a bunch of pro Derek stories over the years, a bunch of negative stories about Derek. I just think it is kind of um, – I understand the frustration of the Raider fans. It's going to his 10th year next year if he don't make the playoffs. And that's just a, a lot of rope for a guy who hasn't had the success you'd want of a quarterback you're going to pay $39 million. So um, I think it's still wide open. I think, you know, ideally for fans, they win a few more games and stay in the playoff race, and we'll see where it goes. But I think anything can still happen at this point. Yeah, I think the thing if they keep winning is just where do you get the quarterback, right? I mean, like they don't – it's not really a big name set to hit free agency, so they probably have to trade for somebody or settle for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, is that do you really want that <laughs> instead of Derek Carr? Like, it can get worse. I promise, right? I know Raiders fans are, are – are, you know, kind of fed up with the lack of postseason success, but he's like a top, you know, 12 or so quarterback. Like, those are not the easiest thing to come by. And, like, you want to change to make a downgrade just to say you have a different quarterback? Like, I don't really I, – I guess maybe it makes you feel better when it happens, but then once you start to see the results on the field, I don't, I don't think that will continue to be the case. I mean, and if you bring in some other veteran, if that's the route you go, we just saw Derek Carr take a half a season – at least uh, to get this offense going in the right direction. I mean, are you, you know, if, if that is that what you're doing again next season or you're, you're kind of punting the almost punting the season because you're, it's taking nine games before you can have your quarterback figuring out. And before you as a coach are kind of figuring out your quarterback. And so I think that's, that's the issue there is that if you, uh, if you go that route, you're, you're kind of resetting it and you're saying, well, next year is probably not going to be a season where we're going to really have a realistic shot at the playoffs either. Yeah. Um, thanks, guys. I think, yeah, I think that's a pretty realistic look at it. Um, I think for me, like, as Raider fans, you know, we've kind of been running just on hope for, like, almost two decades now. And so, I don't know. Like, I was excited with the idea of, you know, maybe we bag Bryce Young. I think that guy's an absolute magician. And it would it would have just been exciting, I think, to see. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, I'll stay hopeful. Hopefully, you know, I'd love to see them make a little playoff push. Uh, just getting there, I think, would be huge. But uh, like you said, we'll see what happens. All right, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm going to head over now to Jeremy P. This is hopefully in Ted's wheelhouse, but uh, Vic and Tashawn, if you guys have some um, things that I think it was in Tashawn's piece um, talking about Devonte Adams and he, you know, he had struggled there for a little bit getting the ball, and then he made a comment that they they seemed to have figured some things out the last couple of weeks, and just wanted to know if if Ted had seen some things on film that had had unlocked some things for Devonte, and and then like I said, if if anybody has some thoughts on that, uh, you know, I, I think Devonte has always been the same type of player that that he's been. Um, I, I think him and Derek Carr have figured out. Uh, a, a better balance of how to attack the type of defenses they were seeing because, you know, I, I talked about this on the last pod, but um, with Devontae Adams on this team, Derek Carr is seeing defenses that he's hasn't really seen before as a Raider. Uh, defenses were defending the Raiders like they were uh, when the Chiefs had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey playing a bunch of bracket coverage on, on a couple of players and leaving one-on-one with other guys and, uh, you kind of have to figure out, you know, when do you want to um, really force feed Devontae Adams and, and when do you attack the other one-on-one matchups that are available because of a guy like 
Devontae Adams. And I, I think they've really figured out a nice balance of when to do that. And also throwing in a run game uh, with how effective Josh Jakes has been. I think they just figured out a, a, a nice um, balance between those three things. And, uh, you know, and when they find a one, find a one-on-one, they know exactly how to attack it, which is what we saw against the Chargers. Yeah, I think something else that's helped is them leaning into the run game with Josh Jacobs because it basically makes defenses make a choice. Like if you just sit back in those two high soft zone coverages that they were playing earlier in the season, then it's going to run the ball down your throat. And, you know, with those light boxes, I mean, it's so far this season, Josh Jacobs leads the league in rushing yards against light boxes and rushing touchdowns. I think he's top 10 in yards per carry. And eventually you have to, you know, bring some safety help down. And then that presents a situation where, Devontae Adams is getting a lot more single coverage. And, and even if it is still zone coverage or doubles, uh, you know, the safety kind of has to make a decision that's left on the back end. And so I think to just have a more balanced offense, a more complimentary offense, and that's taken some of the stress off of him since they, they aren't throwing the ball as much and, and being so overly reliant on the passing game. And so I think the efficiency has just gotten higher. I mean, naturally, they're more comfortable in the system. Derek Carr is more comfortable. The offensive line has been playing better as late. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. Like, I don't think Devontae Adams was ever not Devontae Adams this season. It was just it, – it's a bigger picture than just him being, you know, as good as he is in terms of having that success on a weekly basis. All right, Jeremy. Hey, man, we appreciate you joining us. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover – Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Jacob G will give you a shot. What's going on, Jacob? Ted, when I watched Patrick Graham with the Giants, he would use a lot of two-down linemen. He would mix up, you know, where the blitzes were coming from. I think we started to see that this game, and it worked really well. Do you envision that they can start to get more aggressive with things like that? I'll take the answer offline. Yeah, I I think um, Patrick Graham is – shown that he's just been able to adjust his defense a lot. I mean, that's one of the um, draws with hiring Patrick Graham because he's shown that he can run multiple systems depending on uh, the personnel he has. So, you know, I, I think they have found something with the amount of blitzing that 
uh, or pressures, assimilated pressures, which is, you know, showing pressure, but actually bringing four. Uh, so I, I think they found a bit of a formula that works for them. So I would expect to see more of the same, especially uh, with um, Nate Hobbs back and Sam Webb starting to play some good, uh, some good football. They have guys that could play uh, man corners and hold up again, you know, when you bring pressure. So uh, yeah, I would expect to see this continue. Okay, cool. Thanks guys. All right. Thanks a lot, Jacob. We'll get Joseph. Oh, yeah. Yep, we got yep. you. Uh, quick question just for uh, Ted. Ted, I don't know if you could compare yeah. it to past games, but um, what was the amount, the average time to throw was for Carr against uh, the Chargers? Because even when we had the line with like Osemele and guys like that, I, I did, felt like he didn't have this much time to throw compared to like seasons past. I don't know if you had a chance to uh, to look into that. Thanks. Thanks for the question. Appreciate it. Uh, I, I don't have the time to throw in front of me uh, right now. I mean, we could probably pull it up at some point at the, uh, on this podcast. Uh, but it did seem like against the Chargers um, that the offensive line protected Carr really well. And I mean, when you when you compare this game to Week One, when it seemed like every third down or obvious passing situation that the um, the Chargers were able to get instant pressure and Kill Mack was like tossing guys back into Derek Carr's lap. It, it just seems like a dramatically different offensive line than uh, w- what it was in week one. So I, I do think that uh, the line played much better. I think some of that has to do with scheme. I, I don't think that this line is as good as, yeah, the, the Kaleche Osemele, Derek, you know, Donald Penn uh, offensive line. Uh, but I, I think that um, we have to give them credit for how much better they've gotten since week one. And, you know, hats off to the coaching staff and those guys for improving every week. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate it. Vic, get the pipes ready. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Joseph. Go on now to Stephen L. Hey, guys. Um, curious what your thoughts are on Trayvon Morg. Um, seems like his, his rookie year, he was getting close on a lot of plays, had a, a few drop picks that he had his hands on, and just seemed like he was around the ball a lot more. Is that just a product of him thinking too much? Do you think he's still getting used to Patrick Graham's defense? Or what do you think is going on with him? Because it seemed like he was a nice piece back there, and it doesn't seem like he's taking that step that we hoped this year. Yeah, I think last year his, he had a pretty static role because of Gus Bradley's system. You know, they pretty much played the same thing every snap in terms of single high safety, cover three, and so he just kind of played that center fielder role on the back end. And this year, um, yeah, his, his responsibilities have been much more varied. I mean, you'll see him blitzing now. You see he'll come down and line up as cornerback or nickelback or box safety or moving around, being a split safety looks. And so there's a bunch more that he has to handle. And I think, you know, we forget he had the hip injury earlier in the, in the season that kind of threw him off as well. Um, and so I, I think it's just, you know, he's, he's trying to get more comfortable in a, a much more complex system and, and find his way. And, I mean, the secondary as a whole has not played well this season, so it's not like he has strong pieces around him and he can kind of hide. And so uh, I think it's just some growing pains, a little bit of a sophomore slump. Um, I don't think I would, like, give up on him as a a player that could, you know, potentially be a positive for them moving forward. But definitely been a rough season. I mean, you look at some of the coverage stats, um, he's up there in terms of yards allowed per target and yards, yards allowed per completion and, just yards allowed overall. And so he's, he's given us some big plays um, this season and hasn't made plays on the ball the, the way that you want him to. So 
Um, definitely want him to improve moving forward, but I, th- I think that that scheme switch probably had a, a big reason for the, the step back this year. One thing that's weird with him is that you know in college he was supposed to be like this. He actually was. He was a ball hawk. That was kind of the, the scouting report of him. He was going to make plays in the ball and be that kind of guy. Even last year he didn't have a lot of success coming down with balls. This year hasn't been as, as visible. So I think um, I'm curious how he fits long term with this defense. Um, but um, yeah, he's definitely not been the impact guy you'd want um, where he was picked. Thanks. Uh, one more quick one for you guys. I'm curious if you had to to pick one player who's you think is underrated on the roster right now, who would you go with? Probably Rocky Sin. I mean, we don't really talk about yeah. him that, all that much. I mean, he's been pretty good. You look at some of the the cover stats this season. I mean, he's he's up there among cornerbacks, and um, you know that's that's come without having really an active pass rush for most of the season. And so he's had to hold up for a long time. And I mean, he he's been banged he's banged up this week. He has a knee injury that he that knocked him out of last game, and he didn't participate in walkthrough today. So we'll see if he's out there on Thursday. But um, I, th- I think he's been you know pretty good this season within a bad defense. And I mean, since the defense has been bad, we just haven't talked about him that much. I think Foster Moreau has uh, been pretty done a pretty admirable job filling in for Darren Waller. I mean, he's been I think really good as a blocker and made the most out of his targets. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say he's a little underrated. I'll go with uh, Jakob Johnson. Uh, obviously, Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs having a big year, but Jakob's made some big blocks and been a part of that. Oh, we had another the flashness that Ingle had last year, but uh, definitely guys comes in and gets his hard head in there and get some room for his guy behind him. So I think he's done a nice job for them in the, in the running game. Matt Collins has probably got to get a little mention. I mean, he was not a guy that we expected much at. Uh, what? Not when he was signed, but what? Uh, you, you, you loved him. You loved him, but <laughs> I mean, he's, well, I, I saw some, I saw something like, and that was like ranking all the like, you know, receivers on new teams that, uh, you know, he, he, he was up there like super high in terms of, um, you know, some number in terms of, uh, you know, value and all that. But I mean, yeah, he's, I mean, he's, you know, he, he's he's been good for them. I mean, it, without they didn't have him um, with with the Renfrew injury, and you know we know what he does on special teams. So yeah, awesome. Thanks, guys. All right, and I want to circle back to the the question we got uh, from the last caller, I think from Joseph. Uh, time to throw. Uh, Derek Carr against the Chargers, two point nine four seconds was the average time for to throw for him in that game. Uh, that wow. was the third third highest of the season. Um, it was 3.06 again in the win over the Texans. And then in the loss to the chiefs, he was 3.02 uh, season average 2.72. So, um, and he was, yeah, 2.94 against the, uh, the chargers. All right. And I'll uh, go on to our next caller uh, caller. It is uh, all right. Francois Alexandra. Uh, is that you? Yes, it's me. Can you hear me? Perfect. Yep. We gotcha. All right. I got a question about a uh, number 21. Um, Last game versus the uh, Seahawks, he barely played any snaps. And now versus the Chargers, he was the main guy against barbecue chicken. <laughs> well, I think Yassin uh, getting hurt because he got hurt uh, kind of up in the middle of the game. I think that that played a factor in, in Robertson's snaps going up. Um, we saw a little bit of uh, Sam Webb working in there as well on the outside, along with Nate Hobbs coming back, and so I think that injury played a big factor in his, his snaps. And then once he got in there, he's, he's playing pretty well. Um, outside of that one long touchdown he gave up, but that was you know it's kind of it was an extended play. Herbert broke the pocket, and um, Keenan Allen kind of ad libbed and went up, and so I only knock him so much for that. I would still say he played a pretty good game. And we've seen him; he's he's grown this season for sure. I mean, 
you know, in, in the past, he's been a guy that played really well during training camp and it never really would translate to the regular season. I would say this has his, been his most consistent year. He still has his warts, you know, just because of his size and um, some lapses that he has um, in, in coverage. But he's been a solid rotational corner for them this year, which is, you know, some people probably didn't think he would he would make the roster coming into the season. You put out a challenge to him. You, you tell him you're going to turn him into barbecue chicken. You tell him he's too short. That's uh, like, I mean, I don't, I don't, the Raiders got to assign somebody on the roster to just like talk shit to him before every game. And, uh, and uh, you'll get your best to meet Robertson. Yeah, that's the key, man. <laughs> just talk shit about the secondary and they ball out. There you go. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. We're going to go over now to Dustin M. What's going on, Dustin? Hey guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Quick question on Josh Jacobs. I know we're uh, we're hearing a lot about the calf strain and how serious that can be long term, and short term rest doesn't seem to be the answer. Um, I know Jacobs would not want to do this, but is there any chance they rest him this week, um, considering the circumstances, or are you expect him to be full go and on a short week like this? Well, he will be playing um, in terms of if they could find some room to rest him. I think. Samir White, I would say, like he's had very limited carries, but when he's been out there, he's looked pretty solid. Um, and I think maybe if they rotate them a little bit more, um, maybe that could be something that's a good, especially if they get out to a big lead against the Rams and the game's kind of in hand. I don't, I don't think there's really that much reason to keep putting don't, them out don't there. Say, don't say that to Sean. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, if, if, I'm just saying theoreticals. Hey, this team, when they get a 17 nothing lead, what's their record? <laughs> Uh, you know, Good. you know, but Zamir White, let's get him but the ball instead. But they're facing you know? maybe Baker Mayfield, which we haven't even talked about that yet. Yeah, but you know, I mean, Josh Jacobs, he's just not the type of guy that we're injured or not. He's he's going to be out there if he can and, and want him to take as many carries as possible. So I don't see a situation, especially where they are um, in their record, like they aren't really in a position to you know kind of take games off. All right, cool. And one more: if uh, if Raiders make playoffs, is there any chance uh, Ted can take Deshaun out to get another uh, raw steak? Not raw, Ooh. medium rare. Oh, and by the Ooh. way, I saw on uh, Instagram that Sean did order a medium rare steak today. I did not. Had... I did not. <laughs> it lo- it I ordered. Big. I ordered a medium. Big. I ordered a medium plus steak. The chef just did not listen to me, and I didn't feel like being an asshole and sending it back. So yeah, I'll just eat the shit. But, you you, you looked know. miserable eating it. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It, you know, it, it got consumed, but it was not not where I wanted it to be. All right, if they win the Super Bowl. You got to eat beef carpaccio with me, which is completely raw steak. All right. That's not happening. So I'll, I'll, I'll say, yeah. I'll say, yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Dustin. All right. We're going to go over to John, T, to John now. T now. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Oh, we're doing mm-hmm. good. Hey, um, my question is, how big was Tillery and his contribution? And why haven't the Raiders ever – like emphasized on getting premium defensive linemen, like for since Seymour. Well, they had the key to the defense. Two years yeah, ago, come on. Come on. Uh, that, was, that was the one. But, uh, like seven, seven million dollars. I thought he was a guy, but no, Tillery. I mean, he his first couple of games, he got a lot of attention for how he was playing. Like he, he looked at the numbers; it wasn't really translating that much um, in terms of pressures, but. Against the Chargers, I mean, he had his revenge game, six pressures, a season high for him um, in any game, whether it was with the Chargers or the Raiders. Um, five hurries is also a season high. And so he was getting after it. And he's, you know, 
he's not known for his run defense, but they stopped to run pretty well. Um, you know, Chargers also can't run the football, so, you know, whatever. But um, that interior pass rush in general, like not just him, but Bilal Nichols has been playing better. Um, Andrew Billings, he missed last game, but when he was out there against the Seahawks, he played pretty well. Having that interior pressure, we asked Max Crosby about it today. I mean, it just frees up him and Chandler Jones, who we saw have a big game because, I mean, if, if the teams don't really have to worry about the inside, then they can – it's easier for them to slide double teams or give extra chip help help on the edges, and that makes it, like, harder for them. And so when it's coming from the interior and the edge, it's really hard to come up with answers for that. And we saw that come in the full effect against the Chargers really for the first time this season um, to that level. I mean, it was, it was good against the Seahawks as well. And, um, you know, it's a potential game changer for their defense because – Really, up to this point, the only thing they've done well is stop the run. Um, but with the pass rush playing this way, it's helping out the second secondary. And so they have a little bit of fight back in the pass game. They're not just getting steamrolled by everybody how they were earlier this season. And so um, we may be able to see the team has made progress you know, since the beginning, but we also may, may see the defense start to make some progress coming down the home stretch here. John R. did, uh, did uh, drop into the chat with his question. Um, what do you guys envision they do with the offensive line in the offseason? Do some more rotations, man. This has worked out so well. <laughs> yeah, John <laughs> says he hopes they don't run it back, back but eh, it's, it's the like, best, best I mean, blocking line in the league. It's like gumbo, man. It tastes good. I mean, I think um, – obviously, I think I – the mean, question mark would be where where is Parham going to be in the future? Is he going to stay at guard? Will he move to center eventually? That's, a, I think, the big question, and you kind of go from there. But uh, uh, Colton Miller is the piece, I guess. Is Alex Barr is the piece? I don't know. He's played pretty well from a guy who – was cut and then came back to not only make the roster, but to earn a starting job and hold on to it. So uh, he's been pretty impressive, the, the, the kind of the jump he made. So, um, and El- Eleanor is kind of guy who the coaching staff knows pretty well. So, I mean, I guess ideally you might want to take advantage of the continuity and think these guys can actually be decent if they sit, to sit together. But um, I think you want to add a guy in the draft. I think you want to add a, at least a new piece in the first three, three rounds next year would be my, my plan. Yeah, I think ideally you find a, a right tackle that, you know, you think could be on the higher end of um, guys in the in the league because, you know, you have Miller and if you have a really good right tackle, it just does so much for the offense when you don't have to help on either edge. Um, and, you know, and I think Illuminor will be really good as a swing tackle type of guy. Uh, but he, he has played better, so we got to give him credit for that. But I think long-term, um, if you could find a, a, a right tackle, uh, you know, either through the draft or uh, through free agency, that that would do that would help. And you know, maybe Mumford turns out to be that guy. I think they like the the young guys that they added. I mean, Dylan Parham. I mean, he's he's going to be a mainstay at guard. Um, Andre James has improved this year. Obviously, Colton Miller isn't going anywhere. And so, um, you look you would look towards the right side of the line. I, I would think. But, you know, Thayer Mumford, he's played pretty well um, when he has worked in there off the bench, um, either as a true right tackle or as a jumbo offensive lineman. Um, and, and maybe they want to allow him the chance to continue to develop and maybe become a full-time starter there at right tackle. And, um, you know, right guard Alex Barr is like he's really good and uh, really a run blocker, but he has some some warts and pass pro, I would say. And so maybe they, they make an upgrade at guard, which you don't necessarily have to spend a high pick on. That's something you can find in mid-rounds or – potentially go get somebody in free agency. So um, at most, I, I would think one new starter, maybe two, maybe two, but I don't think it's going to be a revamped offensive line. I think they have a lot of faith in their offensive line coach, Carmen Brasillo, and like what they've seen from some of the young guys to allow them to continue to develop. I mean, offensive line, we gave them a lot of shit coming into this season, um, you know, based off of how they played last year, but 
they've really out overperformed expectations, both in the run game and now it's starting to come along in the past game. I mean, you obviously have to consider that, I mean, Bars and Illuminor, those are, they're not under contract for next season. So um, will they be expensive to, to bring back? Probably not. Um, will they, you know, argue for a little bit more than what they got, obviously. Um, but I mean, I, I think whatever you do, you don't go in and, and assume, okay, like these guys are definitely the answer and these guys are going to stay healthy. I mean, you've got to, you've got to upgrade the group as a whole. And like, I mean, if, if your fallback options are, you know, bringing those guys back and they win the job again, then I think you, you can say, let, let's build off what we did last year. But I, like Ted said, I, I think upgrading at right tackle and you know, having Illuminor as a guy who can fill in a lot at a lot of spots um, would, would be the key there. That would, that would be the, I, I would think the top priority, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think you want to just run it back and say, okay, we, we pieced it all together this year and it's just going to be the exact same next year or, or better. Um, so that, that would, that would, I'd imagine that would be the, uh, the plan. All right, Vic. Come to uh, that you time. Guys, you guys ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? <clears throat> Is everybody yeah, my, ready? I'm ready. Mike check. One, two, one, two. Mike check. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Sale. Do, 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 do. <laughs> This is how I show my love. I made it in my mind because blame it on my ADD, baby. This is how Angel dies. Blame it on my own sick pride. Blame it on my ADD, baby. That's it. Wow. That was, that was uh, even better than I thought it was going to be. That was beautiful. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we've, got, we've got a question from Ramon R. He wants to know what song is Vic going to sing if Argentina wins the World Cup? Man, I'm done singing for you. This is it, man. This is it. No more singing. This is the last one. We got we to start having other uh, podcast challenges. Some some others. Uh, Ted's yeah. gonna have to do something. Ted's gonna have to be on time for the podcast. It's punishment. Uh, I'm at to eat raw steak. Exactly. We gotta do something else. There you go. If my boys win the World Cup. Um, I'll be very happy. So maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Who knows? There you go. All right, it's prediction time. Vic, you you've already told the people what what you're doing for the rest of the way out. So. Uh, I'm a team Let's player, man. The Raiders are going to lose. I'm a team player, man. The ghost of Jeff Saturday comes back. Baker Mayfield throws for 350. <laughs> I got 28-27 Rams. That's my prediction. Merry Christmas, Raider fans. I'm picking against uh, the Raiders for you guys. I'm back on, on, the, on the Raiders' side. I picked them to lose three times in a row after the Colts game. I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. But I'm back. I'm back. I'm picking them to win 34 to 17. Ooh. We got an ass whooping in SoFi in front of the Raiders fans, all the Raiders fans in LA. It's going to be a home game for them. They, they, they whooped the Rams how they should. I mean, the Rams ain't got nobody. Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. I mean, we, we, we said it for the Colts game. I know, like, this is bad, bad voodoo, but, like, damn. I, I mean, if they lose to this Rams team, I don't know what to say. So, like, I got them winning. They actually get out to us. They, they have a 17-point lead again. I'm jinxing you double time, but this time they're not going to blow it. They're going to win and keep the winning streak going. And Tashawn, we need to know the forecast. Are there clear skies for an ass whooping? 
You well, it's, it's you know it's indoors. It's indoors. So, so we, you we know can't, indoors. You know you yeah. can get the wind. You can get the the lightning strikes. They've had lightning delays. There. Yeah, I will say last time we were there, uh, or last season, it was, it was fucking sideways lightning. I guess. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clear skies for an ass whooping. There, we there go. you go. All right, the line uh, is back. I'm gonna say thirty-one seventeen. I think it'll be a, a similar. I'm gonna give the defense more credit. I'm gonna say thirty-one to to thirteen. Ooh, I, that's a pretty <laughs> dramatic change in your. Uh... I mean, okay, so I think this should be a very similar game to last week because the defensive line should be able to overwhelm this Rams offensive line, which is probably the worst line in, in football. They don't have Justin Herbert to make that miraculous throw he made uh, on fourth and 12. But maybe the Raiders just, you know, have have a little slippage and let Walford or, or Mayfield or whoever's playing quarterback have a, have a nice drive or two. And offensively, they should have a good day. I mean, this Rams defense relied so much on Aaron Donald and it doesn't seem like he's going to play this game. Um, so... I mean, I, I just don't know how the Raiders don't blow out the Rams. I mean, I do know how because we've seen them disappoint before. But logically, I, I, I don't think that um, the Rams should stand a chance in this game. All right. I, I've been on the, on the Raiders winning the last two weeks. Uh, and uh, I can't get behind the whole blowout thing. As as the people, as everybody knows, like nothing is e- ever easy for for the Raiders. So I am still having them win, but I'm gonna. It's gonna be closer than uh, the the Colts game should have taught you guys. Like you cannot go predicting <laughs> ass whooping for this team. Uh, I got the Raiders winning twenty eight twenty four. Win to win four in a row twenty eight twenty four. All right, guys. David A. wants to know, we'll, we'll close on this uh, question here from the comments. David A. wants to know, does Tashawn still think we are cooked? Yeah, yeah, you're still cooked. I mean, you're not, you're not making the playoffs. I'll, I'll stand <laughs> on that. Like, they will be at home watching with the rest of us in January. You can but are, are, they, are, they, are they at least not well done anymore? They're just, they're just medium, maybe? I mean, if you're cooked, you're cooked. It don't really matter. You know what I mean? Like, even if you, Well, why is your steak got to be medium well? If it's cooked, it's cooked. It doesn't really matter. See, see, listen. <laughs> even if you if even if you cook a steak blue, you still ain't finna throw the shit back in the freezer. Like it's like it's, it's it's not raw anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's like even if they're a little bit cooked, they're still cooked. Like the Raiders, I'm sorry, like it's a seven percent chance. Even if they went out, like they still need a no, no, no. I'm making the playoffs. I'm not there yet. I picked you to win. Be happy with that. All right, all right, everybody. We'll be back on Thursday. See if the Raiders can get to four in a row, taking on the Rams down in LA. So uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Later, guys. <laughs> oh, bonus! Amazing, classic. Yeah. All right, y'all. Later, guys. Blame it on my own sick pride. Blame it on my ADD, baby.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.